the operating systems for the iPad and Apple Watch are due for updates, which we'll see at WWDC. And in this episode of the Macworld Podcast, we'll talk about the feature we want to see in those two platforms. It's our wish list coming up. Stick around. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Apple's WWDC starts on June 6th. Yeah, we're getting close. Two weeks, less than two weeks, right? Yeah, as a lead-up to the event, we've been talking about our wish lists. We recently covered macOS and iOS. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk about iPadOS 16, watchOS 9. We'll also talk about tvOS. The other, the other OSs. Do you guys have a wish list for reality OS? <laughs> I, did I just take it too far? <laughs> I guess we need to wait till that becomes a reality first. There we go. Yeah. Look at you making jokes. I, it's hard to say like what you would want out of a tvOS without seeing what they add to like iOS or something. The the main thing I want from tvOS is I like that the the Apple app that gives you that up next thing is really good. I wish that was like a guide. Like it took all of my all of my subscribe channels and, and services and things and, and presented like what's new. Cause right now it's just, it's things that I have been watching and then Apple TV stuff. And then, you know, it, it kind of gives some recommendations, but not a ton. I would love to go into that every day or every week and have it say, okay, here's what's new on Disney plus here's what's new on Hulu. Here's a movie you might like based on what you watched previously, stuff like that. I think Apple could really revolutionize that streaming thing. Cause right now it's all these different apps and, Netflix isn't on there and they probably never will because they don't want to be, you know, like TiVo tried to do it, but no one really signed up and no one bought that thing. And if, if Apple could figure that out, that would be a real cool visual way to see everything that's on. The whole watch next thing is fine because it's like, like you said, these are the things I'm watching. The next episode's available. Boom, there it is. There is a what to watch list that is like rec personalized recommendations, mm -hmm. but it's just in the list of all the other things. Right. It looks like every other horizontally scrolling recommendation thing that they have, and it could be elevated to more of a – they could call it something more like recommendations, personal recommendations or something like that. And they could bring it up with the what to watch mm -hmm. list as another – give it a different visual thing. I think their whole point – I think they're never really going to be – have separate bars with like, this is what's on Hulu. This is what's on this. Cause they want to get away from you caring about what service something's on. Right. They really want you to. Well, yeah, right. Right. So when you, when you click it, it, it jumps to the app, but you don't really, I mean, you, you see it happening, but it's kind of seamless. Sure. But they don't want to draw attention to like, here's what's on all these different services. They want you just thinking like, I go to my TV. Sure. And they don't, right. You, you don't even have to like, necessarily make it big spotlight that it's on Disney Plus, but like here's what's new. There's a new episode of I don't know, whatever, or this new show is launching. Like I guess I guess the episodes are, are, are kind of there. Uh I don't know how they do that because there's so many services and they're all gonna want different you know, they're gonna have different demands and different desires and it's it's tough. A lot of it is a a lot of it's kind of about what data they make available. One of my frustrations is that if you want to watch something that's on Disney Plus, for example, before it comes out, it is just not listed. Like you can, a lot of movies, a lot of other services, you can find it in the index and it's, it'll just say coming soon and you can add it to your like watch next list. And when it's out, it'll be there. Disney plus never makes any of the metadata available for anything until it is live. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Apple, Apple TV does 
you can like add it to your up next a week or so before it it, it arrives. But yeah, yeah, and Hulu and the, all yeah. those shows they they make their their data available like well ahead of time, and and Disney doesn't. So that's not really something Apple can can fix themselves. They just you know like if I wanted to make sure that the Obi Wan show on Disney like shows up in my up next, I have to wait till it's out and then go add it. I can't add it now. Whereas I can add other things for other services. I mean, I don't know if Apple would be able to do, like, for example, with Obi-Wan, like, okay, you watch The Mandalorian, so let me pull that into your Apple TV app because it's Star Wars related and you might like it in here. It, it'll 100% be there in your what to watch list or whatever. That's not something people pay a lot of attention yeah, right. to, right? That's, you're right. It's pretty far down on the page, too. It, it moves depending on what's going on <laughs> in that day. I mean, right now, for me, it's it's right below my up next. And then there's a now on Apple TV Plus and all this other stuff. But it's not always there. It jumps around. It does. So that what to watch list, that could be more prominent and maybe a little less self-serving. There's too much Apple TV there's stuff in there. Apple, I think Apple TV Plus should be its own app at this point. And then you should have the Apple uh, kind of viewing app to be more of the others. Because it does get it, – it both gets lost and it's too prominent. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. I think it's fine that it's a tab. Just keep more of that stuff on that tab. They promote too much of their own stuff, I think. Maybe they don't and that's just me because I end up watching a lot of that stuff. It's a tab, but it's also – it's like half the opening screen is all Apple TV Plus stuff. Right, but I'm wondering if that has to do with the fact that I watch a lot of Apple TV stuff. No, I, and don't, then- I mean, I – I don't watch a ton of Apple TV and I see a lot. It's like every one of their new shows plus last week's shows and this new episode, it, it's it's a lot. Friday Night Baseball was there. That's fine. That's their thing. But they need to separate. They have a whole tab for that. Let that be on that tab. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah. Some reorganization. I don't have an Apple TV. Really? So, I, well, I don't have the box. I access. You're, you're, you're fired, Roman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what you hear when we talk about watch OS, I, mean, I you know, I should be fired for that too because I don't um I can't I, I have Google TV, Amazon, the whatever Samsung has on their television, I have a Samsung TV. Apple TV is the my go to because it's the, the friendliest, it's the best interface, best picture quality streaming. It's 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 my favorite and I've used them all fairly extensively. It's 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 the best. Even and now that the remote is good, that. yeah, <laughs> right it is just overpriced. It's very overpriced. They and one of those like things that people don't—I don't think people pay enough attention to—is how good Siri is on Apple TV. It is very tailored to television type stuff and controls, so you can't do everything. And in fact, it would be nice if it—it it could do a bit more. But if you want to do anything television, like who stars in this or what did he say or uh, play the next episode of blank or whatever. I mean, there's just a million good things that it, it knows how to do if you're talking about watching TV. So Siri is actually really good on Apple TV. Uh, as I mentioned, the other reason why I should be fired <laughs> is the Apple watch. Uh, I made a new year's resolution that I would wear my Apple watch and use it more. And that lasted about a month, month and a half. That's, that's pretty good. So yeah, pretty typical New Year's resolution. <laughs> yes, I went back to not wearing it again. So was there a conscious reason, or did you just, did you just forget? I just fell back into yeah. old habits. It didn't change your your habits enough when you were wearing it to keep it on. Right, I am sort of 
ill-prepared to talk about my a wish list for watchOS 9. How's that for a segue? <laughs> <laughs> Jason came up with that with one that we posted on our website. So we could. T- you guys have uh, uh, features you would like to see on the old sure. watchOS. I mean, so we finally. It took forever, but we finally got our wish for sleep tracking, and it's just not that great. It's okay. It just basically tells you how long you slept, and that's about it. And that's not. That's not bad, but most of the third-party sleep tracking apps do some things. It does that, and it also does, what is it, your sleep respiratory rate? They've that, That's something they added in iOS 15, but it doesn't do anything to tell you whether you're getting good sleep or not, and that's like how much deep sleep do you get, how much, you know, all these things. And a lot of the third-party tracking apps do that. They look at your heart rate and your respiratory rate and like how much movement you're doing and stuff like that and trying to get a, a sense of like when are you in REM sleep, when are you in deep sleep, all this stuff. And I think Apple could do that. And just the way they visualize it is kind of clumsy. Yeah, which is surprising because sleep tracking on um, – I'm going to use Fitbit because they, they're the kind of the gold standard. It's, you know, it's, it's really good. And listen, I'm not a sleep expert. I don't know how accurate it is in the sense that did I was I really in REM sleep from from 2:30 a.m. to 4:43? I don't know. Well, that's probably too long, but it, it's it's a, it's an estimate, and I think it would go a long way towards showing people, you know, the quality of sleep. Maybe you need a new pillow. Maybe you need and whatever it is. I mean, I think it's all useful information. And as you say, it's we it took how many years? Five five years to get sleep tracking, and it's. You know, it's it's kind of like all right, it's great, yeah. But it's 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 there's nothing to it that would force you away from a third party sleep tracking app if you were using one before. One of the features of all those third party apps that I like that I think Apple could uh, copy is they have the ability to have your alarm wake you up when you're in your your lightest sleep before the time you need to get up. So you say something like, "I need to be up by eight, and it will. Instead of your alarm going off at eight, it's watching your sleep cycle. And if you're in your light sleep at 737, right, it'll go off and wake you up then rather than let you get back into deep sleep and wake you up from a deep sleep at eight o'clock, which is apparently supposed to be much better for your, you know, waking up, feel not feeling groggy, feeling, uh, feeling good when you wake up. So like, that's the kind of thing that would be a good feature, but it requires Apple to know a little more about your sleep state. I, I got to think they're doing more with this because they, they bought us a company, Bedit or whatever, is it called, that um, that did sleep tracking and made a sensor that you put under your mattress and, and an app and stuff. And they bought them a few years ago. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. What- it was uh, 2018 when they put them. I'm, I'm looking it up now. Yeah, so it's, you know, uh, and and maybe they were just buying some patents or something like that. But you got to think that they're taking it more seriously and it's just taking some time. Yeah, there was, so it, was, it was a $150 um, sleep monitor that, as you said, it went under your mattress and it was sinking and stuff. And um, they stopped selling that now, obviously. But mm-hmm. yeah, you would think there's better stuff. Like they're not going to do that. That's just too clunky. But you would think that there was a, Oh, something in the works here that they were going to come out with some groundbreaking sleep thing because it is it is one of the more significant health things 
that people overlook. Yeah, it always like, has been. Yeah, really? you, people don't pay attention to it, but the quality and the type of sleep you get is extremely important to your overall health. Since the first day they had the health app, it was one of like the four major categories. You'd open the health app and there'd be four major categories. And one would be sleep and that would have no it would only be third party stuff. Like it would, it was the one that had no Apple stuff and now it does, but yeah, it's just that important. I, I have to assume like that's going to come hand in hand with a, with better battery life because right now like you really have to time your charging in order to track sleep. Like you, it's like, it's not going to work if you don't time, charge it either early in the morning or at some point before you go to bed, it's, it's, it's just not going to last. And, uh, like Fitbit, for example, their devices last like four or five days, so they don't. And think that's not a concern if you're wearing it to sleep. So that that I think those two things have to go hand in hand. Yeah, that that's a good segue into one of the rumors of what is coming is a a, a better low power mode. That that'd be a welcome thing because there's there's power reserve now. But that just turns your watch into a watch. Into, like all it does is share the time. Bad watch. <laughs> it's just like a simple like anal- uh, uh, digital time. It's awful. It's all that's all it does, yeah. and, and it's never checking your heartbeat sporadically, and right. it doesn't pop up notifications or, or, or anything. Or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Who knows what this improved low power mode is? If it's power reserve does more. Maybe it's power reserve is still there, but then there's something in between. There's a new different in between thing, but it's supposed to be more of a, and that's, that'll be a good thing. Yeah. Um, that's another thing that's on other devices. Uh, uh, Wear OS watches have tons of different, like very granular low power things where you can turn off this, turn off that. There's different settings. It's like extreme, which is what Apple does where everything's off except the time. Then you can just keep on like the step tracking and the heart rate monitor, but not have the heart rate monitor do its thing until you tell it to. So I don't know if Apple will give you that many options, but there are ways to do, to stretch an 18 hour battery life to like three days if you, if you have enough options. Yeah. And I think, like you said, Apple is unlikely. I hope they don't start giving you that many. Like you don't want it to be something you have to everybody's got to go in and fiddle with because nobody does that. (laughs) Like so few people do that. It needs to just be something simple and preferably automatic. It would be really great if, you know, you set your bedtime times, right? And between that, it would just automatically always be in the low power mode. That would be good. Would it be possible that Apple ties those features to the new, to a new watch? So in other words, older watches wouldn't support... Sure. Sure. The, the better sleep mode because of yeah. the battery requirements or the power requirements or whatever. Yeah. The first time or some other sensor too. or yeah. something. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time. It's fine if they do that because there's a legitimate reason, like there's a different sensor we need or something like that. But they have in the past kept software exclusive to a new model for no like technical reason, <laughs> purely for marketing reasons. One feature I would like to see, even though I don't wear an, an Apple Watch and I should, where <laughs> maybe I would wear it more if I had if I could customize the watch face. The watch faces they had have a lot of options, right? Com- but you, complications, as they call them. Yeah. Um, no, I mean like you can change a lot oh, of oh, colors, color, fonts, oh, yeah, like yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, like some of them, like the California one or something. Like you can change. Like I want Roman numerals. I want the the Arabic numerals. I want the half and half. I want you know. Different color background, different color thing. You know, some of them have quite a lot of styling options, but that's just all it is. 
And there's some complications that I just don't, I don't understand why they're not there. I don't understand why the, the fitness app gives me like active calories burned as a complication, but not steps. Like I can't add steps as a complication. I have to get a step tracking app, even though my step, steps are being tracked. Like there's no, no complication unless I install a step tracking app. So there's, there's some things like that. The concern with custom watch faces is that Apple would have to have a real tight control. Like there would have to be a, a what, a face kit. Kind of like widgets where like you can make your own, but you're, it's, it's within a very set parameter. So they look all uniform. And I think Apple could easily easily do that. But you can't just open it up. Like Fitbit, for example, I keep going back to them because I, I, I wear those a lot. When they first started, they had like a whatever you want thing. And there were some really crazy ones and, you know, they didn't work well. And then they kind of scaled back and they – so you so you, you need to curate that a little, a little bit. And I'm sure Apple would, would do that. But widgets on iOS are a great example. Like all of the ones that are released, they have a set – a set uh, font, a set look, sizes, et cetera, et cetera. So they all look like they're, you know, from the same, they look like they're from Apple, but they're from different companies. And there's a lot of um, legal issues to letting people do whatever they want in the sense that you'd be surprised how much of traditional watch faces are all trademarked and copyrighted, like fonts, the, the, hand designs and all these other things and watch face designs. Like a lot of these things are very tightly controlled. So Apple wouldn't want people like making a Rolex watch face that looks like a Rolex and then being able to distribute that they'd have to lock things down enough that people couldn't distribute things that are used trademarked characters or trademarked watch design face pieces and stuff like that. So, but they could do that. They could, they could give developers a toolkit of all the pieces they need and say, Hey, mix and match these, however you want. Well, not however you want, but like in a certain number of ways there, there's no rumor that they're doing that, but there is a rumor that they are refreshing some of the existing watch faces that have been hanging around for a while. They always release or, or, or introduce something new. But yeah, yeah. There's always some new watch faces. There are that, some old ones that I'm sure no one uses because they've just been around for five years and they look the same as they did on day one. Uh, there's no notes app. They should probably have that, especially like with some Siri dictation and stuff. I mean, reminders it seems like the the big one that you want on there, and there is reminders. But I don't know why there's not notes. I don't, I don't think people want to make a lot of notes on their Apple Watch, but it would be nice to read one. <laughs> I mean, you know, notes are good. Like, I, there are times when I'm quickly, I quickly have to jot something down, and I open my phone. I got to go to notes. I got to start a new note. It'd be easy just to raise your wrist and quickly jot it down, and it's. It would be great. Time. Yeah, you have a to have a complication like just press record has a complication that's a button recording button, and you press it, and it launches just press record, and you talk into your wrist, and it makes the recording. And to do that with, you know, Siri's really pretty good dictation to make a text copy of that and make it a note in your iCloud notes. That'd be great. Uh, same with the health app. There's no health app. Shockingly, there's no health app when half of your health info comes. There's a lot of apps that are all the pieces that end up going into health, but there's no way to look at all your health data on your phone or even just like the highlights, the important things, your trends and stuff feels like an oversight. That's another 
another Fitbit thing I'll bring up. They have a if you swipe up in the bottom of their watches, you can it's, it's called the Today Screen, and it gives you all of your how much you slept, how many steps, the elevation, calories burned, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like Jason said, you can you can jump all over the place and see those things, but it would be nice to just kind of quickly look at them and then close it. They have Control Center when you swipe up on an Apple Watch, which is fine. A lot of people don't know it's there, and no notifications when you swipe down. And I feel like either one of those would be better better served being something like a today screen, or they could do something like they do with the notification summary on your iPhone, except instead of a notification summary, it would be like your day summary of steps, calories, did you close your rings, all this other stuff. And that could pop up at 5 p.m. or every day or whatever. Literally, the only time I go into notification center or whatever it's called on the Apple Watch is to get rid of the dot. Because it's annoying me. There's no other reason for it to be there. Yeah, I just right. I don't care what it is. Just go away. <laughs> and you can get it. You can get to it by touching the dot, not by swiping down. So they could make the swipe the you know summary screen or something. So those are just a few items on the wish list. Jason has an article that covers these uh, features in more detail. You can go to our website to check it out. We'll also have a link to it in our show notes. We also have iPad OS that's coming out. Uh, we talked a lot about new features we wanted to see in iOS, and a lot of that could overlap into iPad OS. Yeah. But we wanted to take an opportunity to talk specifically about the iPad. Yeah, we talked a lot about iOS and, and certain certain significant features. Obviously, you would expect to also come to iOS to iPad OS, and that's not worth treading over again. I think we always, every year, talk about our frustrations with multitasking, right? And they, there's a rumor that there's going to be a new multitasking something this year. And I hope it's not just like, we added another way to multitask. I hope it replaces. Yeah, well, that, that's what they did. doesn't. In, in iOS uh, 15 or iPadOS 15, they added that shelf and that little menu at the top. And listen, when you have to start doing that so people understand, multitasking, something is broken with your multitasking. Like they're not adding things to the Mac so people understand it. Like it's it's all very intuitive, and on the iPhone as well. It's it's not multitasking on the on the iPad is 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 a mess. It's always been from day one. And uh, there's too many different ways to do it. There's a there's a slide over that you get by like pulling in from the side, but but don't pull in from the side too low, or you're gonna pull up the quick note, and then there's and then like you have there's a split screen that can, you can move the sizes of the split screen and you have to make the dock show to decide what you're going to pull into the split screen. And I think most people don't even know how to change one of those two apps. It's just, there's too many different ways to do it and they're all different. So I'm hoping that this whole, there's a new multitasking interface is like, there's a new multitasking interface and we got rid of the others. Mm -hmm. And now there's one way to do it and it's clear and obvious. (laughs) <laughs> that would be and, great. <laughs> I mean, they, they have the trackpad support and there's not even anything like that didn't even help. It's the same thing. You just now have to use a trackpad, which makes it even worse. Well, yeah. They, I mean, they obviously can't build anything around that because it's it's all going to work when you're just touching. The right, screen, right, right. But not not around it, but you can do it where it takes advantage of the trackpad yet still is intuitive with your fingers. Like they, there's mm. a, you can't do it. When they first came out with multitasking, trackpad wasn't, was, wasn't even a thought. Right. So it need, I think that needs to be incorporated into it as well. But yeah, they definitely need a major overhaul of uh, multitasking. And my number one, which has been now for, I don't know how many years is multi-users. 
There are so yep. many families that share iPads. They're not cheap. They're like we have my, we have one in our living room, and we all have to use my son's login because he's the one yep. who owns it. And and it's in there. It, here, this the frustrating thing is the software for schools on iPads lets students multiple students lo- log into the same iPad. And you it, you back out to a screen and you pick a new thing and, and it, even it with different admin in. rights and different uh, access rights, like it's all there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's there. I don't know why. I mean, I, I guess I do know why they want you to buy four iPads for for a family of four. But then it's it's kind of a legacy of the iPhone, and I get why the iPhone isn't a multi user device because the the OS came from that. But if they're gonna Take the name away and call it its own name. Then it's time to. No one's no one's sharing iPhones. The people are sharing iPads all the time. And it, and it would be extremely useful to have your kids' account that's all locked down and they can't see, like they can't watch, uh, content that's for adults and they can't make purchases and all that other stuff. And then you you can log in and do that stuff. Yeah, that's always high on the list. Um, another one that's <laughs> every year. Uh, where are the missing apps? Whether. Is yeah. a big one calculator? Is Weather's a big, a big health one. Is a big one. Like, I don't understand why they just choose not to have some important apps on the iPad. Certainly weather, I just don't get. There's a weather widget. It's the same weather widget. And then you tap it and you go to like the weather channels. But the health app, that would be great the to look at stuff, yeah. on your I- iPad. Like that's the, that there's a lot of data in there. And, it, and it'd be really nice to have that bigger screen to kind of parse it all. I mean, they have the fitness app now, but it's just the, the way to access fitness plus videos, just like it is on the TV. My, my pie in the sky wish list item is some kind of a hybrid Mac like desktop mode. When you pop it onto the magic keyboard, like the, the interface changes to be more like a Mac. So like mm. with, with, uh, with Chrome OS, if you use it in tablet mode, it's kind of like an iPad. You have your your apps and it's yeah. great. And- Everything's made to be full screen. Yeah, but when you pop it onto a keyboard, it, it becomes a desktop where you you know it's it's just natural. The windows float, things like this. I don't know yeah. if we're going to get to that point, but it would be nice if Apple, if it wasn't just a keyboard. Basically, it's you know you 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 you're creating a, a a laptop of sorts when you put it on a magic keyboard. First of all, it's three hundred fifty bucks, so you should be paying for something more than just a nice case. But you, you put it on that and it, okay, I'm now I'm on a laptop and it's it's an, it's just an iPad. <laughs> like it's yeah. just it's just the iPad screen. There's nothing, there's no benefit other than a trackpad, which is isn't even really a benefit, but we'll say it is to using uh the magic keyboard other than just like comfort at a desk. That makes a lot of sense on large iPads, and I don't know if that would be the kind of thing that like it's not available on the mini or something like that, right? It, it could be a pro feature, or, I, or I maybe I don't think there's a, there's anything wrong with making it an iPad Pro feature. That's that's okay. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the kind of thing that would be likely to happen. But it it would be nice to to know that like if I dock this, this happens. You know, I, honestly, I think the they should have <clears throat> kept trackpad trackpad support for the iPad Pro. It's always weird to me that the iPad Air. You can use the magic keyboard like it's a pro accessory. That's a pro thing. <laughs> People who want to use that, who first of all who want to spend that much money. I mean, it costs as much as a as a as a as a, as a cheaper iPad. I'm I'm all for like not artificially keeping that feature off just when it's perfectly capable of having it. So I I disagree. I feel like I feel like a, a basic if a basic iPad can do it, why why turn that off for people? 
I mean, Maybe mo- most people won't use it. That's fine. It doesn't matter. It's not taking anything away from them. I mean, so, I get it, but there also has to be a reason why the pro exists. But I may, but make that things that only the hardware can can do, and and things like all the floating windows and stuff like that. Like that requires more RAM. It requires yeah, bigger beefier screen. processor stuff like that. So. I can see why that would be a pro feature. It seems to be a general thing for the a general item for the wish list. It's not necessarily a feature. Is that Apple would make a clear defined approach as to what iPad OS should be. Sure. Yeah. Right. And that's what what Apple needs to do, and then it, they carry that forward. Yeah. It still feels too much like big iPhone. It does. Yeah. You know, after all these years and all the things it does that the iPhone doesn't do, it still just generally feels like that. And that's, unfortunately, that's also a strength. Like the millions of people who buy iPads, it, it, it's comforting and useful to know that they pick up this thing and, oh, it works just like my phone. So they can't stray too far, but it does need to be a little more obvious. What about in general out of WWDC, not necessarily related to the OSs, but what you would like Apple to do, something you've always wanted Apple to do oh, that they well, can reveal. I don't want to get into hardware. We yeah. won't get into hardware. Yeah, we, get, we got another week to fill before the show. I would love, and there's not a chance that they're going to do this, but I would love to, for them to take the reins of all this App Store stuff and get ahead of it with something that is of their own choosing instead of waiting for a regulatory body somewhere in the world to force them to do something and then do the minimum thing that meets the letter of the law and then get in a lawsuit that they didn't meet the requirements and then just get ahead of it and go like, look, this is what, this is what we're doing. We're going to solve everybody's complaints with something that we choose to do. Uh, And that could be a lot of different things. I mean, I know you guys probably have a million ideas as I do, you know, they can, whether that's allowing third-party app stores, but all the apps have to be, still have to be certified the way they are in the app store, not for content, but the technical stuff to make sure that they don't contain viruses or any of that stuff. Or whether that's something like saying like, look, everything's going to be in the app store and everything's going to use our payments, but we're only going to charge 3%. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just charging like basically the credit card fee. And that includes like everything, Uber and everything else. We're no longer making carving out all these exceptions and everything else, but we're not charging 30%. It's going to be less than 5% and and everyone's got to play by the same rules or whatever they're going to do, like solve this problem. They've created this massive knot of exceptions and carve outs and ifs and buts and things that I, I can't imagine what it's like to be a developer trying to navigate this confusing, complicated list of requirements. And you don't want to anger the developers. Yeah, developers are the reasons people are buying these things. I mean, the problem, the biggest problem is that no matter how they, how much they anger the developers, they're not going anywhere else because that's where all the money is. Android doesn't make anywhere near as much as, as, as um, and I'm not talking about Apple's cut because Google takes the same 30%. It's that that's, People who use iPhones buy subscriptions. They buy apps. It's something like eighty-five percent of the of the App Store profit is all Apple, or not even profit, just sales. So yeah, but I do agree with you. Like there is a way for Apple to have such a huge PR win, and you know, like the headlines would just be like, "This is the greatest company that ever existed." There was a time when leading app development happened on the iPhone, and then and then. Eventually, an Android version would come out, 
And Android phones were outselling iPhones at that time, but it was the better place to be developing. And that has kind of passed, you know, and you don't really see that anymore. And they really could benefit a lot from getting back to that place where, I mean, if they, if they really wanted to, and this would cost them some lost revenue, but if they really wanted to, they could get to a point where there would be exclusive apps yet again. There would be that time where it's like, yeah, this is only on iPhone because it's just better. It's just better to develop for. It's better to release our apps there. And that's that's a I, I worry that it's what it's gonna happen instead is the app store rules, regulations, and policies and stuff are just going to keep getting more and more complicated over the next 10 years as every government body in the world like makes some new regulation here or there and they have to just barely meet those requirements and stuff. So I would just love for them to get up in the developers conference and say like, they wouldn't pitch it this way, but, but just take the reins and go like, you know what? We're, we're skipping to the end <laughs> and, and we're doing it on our, in our way and at our time. And that's going to get every government off our backs. And it's going to make every developer happy. And it's going to cost us like a billion dollars a year in lost revenue, but the, the amount of money they make, and we've we're seeing it already. Like uh, they have that thing in the Netherlands with dating apps, and they they tweaked like this little thing, and the government's like, "Well, that's not enough." And they're like, "Well, we don't care. Just just just, just fine us." <laughs> so it's yeah, it's, they're getting so they're getting fined every day, and then they're gonna have to change it again. And it's just in the Netherlands. So like, if you make an app that's international, then you have to make a different thing, and you have like I, like you're right. It's gonna it, it it will be a not insignificant amount of money that they lose, but in the long run. It'll be so much better for them and everybody else. And just thinking of of how much of a hero they would be, and then Google would have to change too. There would be, I mean, they don't do the the event is no longer live, but it's it would be like literally an applause line, right? For like, like for like ten minutes, <laughs> a, a sustained standing ovation. <laughs> so, man, that that would be my biggest wish, and I don't think it's going to happen. I think Apple is going to dig in their heels and fight. Every WWDC Apple has that one part where they talk about the App Store and how many apps they sell and how much yeah. money they make off of it. And not, not that they make, how much money developers make. <laughs> Which is the, the stupidest <laughs> yeah, right. BS anyway. Right. It's the only option. You can't. You can't brag about how many people use the only store there is. <laughs> like, like, this is the only way to get apps. You wouldn't believe how many of our users use it. Yeah, <laughs> all of them. Now, when we hit that part of the keynote, I always think, but, and then like a series of headlines flash into my head. And it's these stories of the regulations or these stories about developers who are frustrated or whatever it is. It's all these other things that, you know, there's always a but when it comes to that segment of the show now and the app store has lost a lot of prestige and it would be nice if apple would make an effort to regain a little bit of that the goodwill they're losing their goodwill and it's not costing them too much right now because there's such a such a closed ecosystem that like people feel like they have to be a part of but at some point I don't know. At some point, you're going to frustrate enough developers that they're you're going to get in that the inverse of the old situation where there's going to be apps that are just on Android. I mean, there already are in the sense that like there's content that you can 
side load, you make a side load app on Android, but I mean the Google Play Store. That does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 794. Thanks to Jason Cross, Michael Simon, and thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast and the podcast app on Spotify, on Amazon Music, or through any other podcast app. Have any comments or questions? Send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.